Our scripture for today comes from the gospel according to John uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. It includes uh, perhaps one of the most beloved verses in the entire Bible, John 3, 16. This uh, passage happens right after Jesus has been talking with Nicodemus, who came to him by night, asking him questions, trying to understand who Jesus was. And now beginning at John chapter 3, verse 14. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the Academy Award-winning film Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, we meet Mildred Hayes, a mother who is filled with rage. Mildred's daughter, Angela Hayes, had been brutally raped and murdered in this small town. Seven months have passed, and they still don't know who did it. Filled with rage, feeling helpless, she decides to rent some billboards. There's a not very used stretch of road along the way. She happens to be able to see it from her house, and she decides to rent these billboards that hadn't had anything on them for years. She finds out what exactly she can put on them, and then she does three billboards in a row, three of them lifting up her daughter's murder and shaming the chief of police for not having arrested anyone yet. The lifting up of these billboards creates a kind of firestorm in town. It's a small town. Everyone knew what happened to Angela Hayes, and people are still frightened and heartsick by it. But it's also a town in which the chief of police, Bill Willoughby, is very deeply respected, and people don't like him being blamed on those signs. It also happens that Chief Willoughby has pancreatic cancer, and he is in the dying process. And so people are even more incensed that there would be, uh, other, there would be Mildred Hayes speaking out against him for not yet finding a killer. And so you see the town all stirred up by what has been lifted up. As they gaze upon these billboards, they see all kinds of things. They see a mother's rage. They see the sense of helplessness and not being able to find who carried out this crime. You see that blaming that is such an easy reaction when we feel helpless. 
when we don't know what to do, how easy it is to blame someone else rather than have a more nuanced approach of what is going on. The billboards are lifted up and the town goes wild. What happens when things are lifted up? When something is lifted up, we can see it better. We see statues that are lifted up and monuments that are lifted up. Something is up above and we notice it and we focus on it and we may be inspired by it. For several years, we had family in Washington, D.C. So I've had the privilege of going to Washington several times. And every time I go, I am so moved by the Lincoln Memorial. Every time I go, just that that image of him sitting and his desire for the unity of our nation and just the, the lines on his face and his desire for the nation not to be at war. Every time I go, I cry. I, it is, we are lifted up by this image of someone uh, and his love for our country. That is one way of lifting up, the way that we can be inspired and moved and strengthened by what is lifted up. Lifting up can also be uh, bringing something up into the light to show something that is wrong that, that needs to be seen. And the Me Too movement that we have seen in our country is people lifting up the problem of sexual harassment in the theater world and in some business worlds, where in some settings, very powerful people could get away with harassing uh, people applying for jobs, people looking for parts, and that was allowed because it remained in the dark. In the Me Too movement, people lifted up that concern and our nation has mobilized around saying, this isn't how we want to be. This isn't how we want our directors and producers to be. This is not how we want our corporate leaders to be. This is not how we want our elected officials to be. The problem of sexual harassment has been lifted up and people are seeing it as, as evil deeds are brought into the light. These are very positive senses of being lifted up. But we also know that lifting up can, can come from a different impulse and can have a different set of effects. Sometimes there is a lifting up of putting something in the public eye to shame someone or to embarrass them. I, this is a minor example, but you think of like America's Funniest Home Videos, what silly things we do, and then here it is on TV, everyone's seeing you do that silly thing, and we all laugh at that silly thing people did. Sometimes things are put in the public eye to embarrass people and shame people when it's unnecessary, when it's not, uh, not a situation of injustice like the Me Too movement. You're just making fun of or embarrassing. So lifting up can be used to, um, to hurt others or to embarrass them. Lifting up also can be used to shame and to frighten people. We think about the practice of lynching in our own country in which African Americans would be lynched and their bodies would be left to be seen as a warning uh, for African Americans. This happened in many parts throughout our country, uh, lifting up black bodies to terrorize. That's lifting up too. We can do it to help and to bring into the light. We can do it to shame and to terrorize. Lifting up can go both ways. 
As you continue in the movie, Three Billboards, which by the way, if any of you go see it, yes, there is really horrific language in it. So don't, I don't want you 10 minutes into the movie going, my pastor recommended this. <laughs> you all, you, it's, a, it's an R rating for a reason. The language is something else. So just got to give you that aside now. But as the movie progresses, you see that the mother's reaction in lifting up the billboards comes out of a mother's love, but also comes out of the mother's frustration. And you watch how the, fa- how the community defends Chief Willoughby because they understand that it's not his fault. And as the movie progresses, you learn that he cares deeply about finding Angela's killer. He's tried all sorts of things. They just haven't found the person yet. And Sometimes that happens. It doesn't mean the chief of police was evil. She lifted up to shame, and the shaming didn't work. She lifted up to raise, to spot a light on the, the crime that had happened to her daughter, and, and people paid attention to that. That worked. But how complicated our lifting up can be. Knowing that lifting up can be a positive to bless and inspire or a negative to shame or to frighten. It can be complicated reading this passage about Jesus being lifted up. What kind of lifting up did Jesus experience? What was intended by Jesus' being lifted up? I want to unpack that with you today. Our first instance of Jesus' being lifted up is very clear, and that's Jesus being lifted up for healing. The Gospel of John points to a story back in the book of Numbers. It's a fairly obscure one. I doubt it's many Bible story favorite. It's during the time of the 40 years of wilderness wandering in which the Hebrew people had been freed from slavery in Egypt, but they'd not yet entered the promised land. In that time of wandering, they went through phases of getting fed up. (laughs) They were sick of the wandering. They were sick of the manna. They were sick of depending upon God, and they murmured against God. The book of Numbers tells us, in a rather disturbing story, that the Hebrew people had started murmuring again, complaining about God, and so God got fed up and sent poisonous snakes into the camp. With the poisonous snakes, many of the Hebrew people were bitten. Some of them died. They cried out. They came to their senses, and they asked Moses to intervene for them. Please, Moses, get God to heal us. And so God instructed Moses, after Moses' prayer, God instructed Moses to make a serpent of bronze, put it up on a staff, and the people who'd been bitten by the poisonous snakes could look on that staff of the bronze serpent, and they would be healed. That serpent on a bronze staff became a symbol of healing. And you'll see versions of that in different medical logos. If you look at the emergency medical services logo, you see a a blue star with six parts to it, and you'll see a rod with a snake around it. That's a reference to this passage in Numbers, Moses lifting up the bronze serpent, people looking upon it and receiving healing. That is a story of how God worked in the Hebrew people in their time of wilderness wandering. The Gospel of John is showing how Jesus is like that serpent that is lifted up. Just as the bronze serpent could be looked upon and provide healing, so Jesus is lifted up in God's grace, and Jesus can be looked upon, and we can receive healing. 
when we find ourselves filled with poison of our own sin or things that have been done to us, we can look to Jesus and receive healing, just as that bronze staff provided healing in the time of Moses. So that is one sense of Jesus being lifted up, him being lifted up just like the bronze serpent. Look upon Jesus and receive healing. But there's another more complicated issue of Jesus' being lifted up, and that's how Jesus was lifted up in the crucifixion. Now, you may be thinking, lifted up and crucifixion? How do those two go in the same sentence? But the Gospel of John makes clear that they do go in the same sentence, that God was doing something in Jesus' crucifixion that lifted Jesus up, that provided healing, that was part of the pathway to experiencing eternal life in this life and in the next. Now, I spoke about the two meanings of lifting up, lifting up for positive and lifting up for shame. The Roman practice of crucifixion was that latter type, the lifting up for shame. During the era that the Romans occupied the the lands of the Jewish people, they practiced crucifixion. Someone who was seen as an enemy of the state, who was seen as opposing Rome, would be crucified, would be nailed to a large piece of wood with a crossbar, and then their bodies would be left there, and that was an early form of lynching. It was to terrorize the people. It was to let the people know, this is what will happen to you if you oppose Rome. It was a heinous and brutal form of death, but it was lifting up a body specifically to shame and to terrorize. That's what crucifixion was. It was a lifting up to do evil. But what the humans intended for evil, God intended for good. And so we learn, as we, many of us could repeat with our eyes closed, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that God gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. God so loved humanity as to send his son Jesus And in Jesus, God experienced our human life. God walked among us and taught us and healed us and fed the hungry. And Jesus lived in such a way that he attracted disciples, people who followed him and wanted to live out his teaching. But the more and the more powerfully that Jesus taught and healed, the more that people began to oppose him. And so even as Jesus attracted disciples, he also attracted opponents people who were frightened by Jesus' teaching of love, people who felt their power was threatened, people who were worried about Jesus' loyalty, began to oppose Jesus. And a point developed in Jesus' ministry in which he knew that he would be crucified. He knew that the forces of opposition would go after him and that he would not live to a natural end of his life. But he remained faithful throughout that, and he walked the path of suffering love, walking to Jesus, knowing he was walking toward his cross. It was a very difficult and lonely walk. But Jesus was faithful. He was faithful in part because he knew that crucifixion would not be the end of the story. And we read in all the Gospels ways that Jesus said ahead of time that he would be crucified, that he would die, But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. That the crucifixion would be a time of great suffering and shame, 
but it would also be not the end of the story, that God would not be done with him. And I know I'm preaching Easter in Lent, <laughs> but you got to get to that part of the story to make this make sense, that in the crucifixion, that was only one step of Jesus' being lifted up. As Jesus was lifted up on the cross, as three days later, Jesus was lifted up in the resurrection, as 40 days later, Jesus was lifted up in the ascension and became seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus was lifted up three times, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And through Jesus' being lifted up, he drew us to him so that we might look upon him and receive healing, so that we might follow him and live in eternal life, in this life and in the life to come. Brothers and sisters, we know that lifting up can be done for the good or for evil, but we know that our God intends all for the good, and that the evil that comes about, God can transform in unexpected ways. We know that our God can bring life out of death, and that experiences of crucifixion, although terrible, are not the last word. They are not the end of the story of God's love and grace. May we hear the story of Jesus' being lifted up, and may we look upon Jesus, choose him, and live. In that choice, may we know fullness of life, eternal life, joy and peace. May the light go on in our hearts and in our lives. May we be filled with trust and healing. Amen.